0: That game had my blood boiling. I mean, how can we not get marketing more shots than that? How many did he have? Field goal attempts, 13. Okay, I guess that's... I don't even know what his average is. It just felt like we weren't getting him the ball at all. And I know that we don't have Mike Conley, but you've got to be able to... to ISO on one side with whoever the point guard is, THT, Clarkson, Beasley, Sexton, somebody has got to be able to run a pick and roll, a pick and pop, a pick and dive, a slip, something to get in more involved. And markin has got to want to be more involved. markin has got to want to be the guy and be pissed when he's not getting the ball. I didn't see that from him tonight. Um, that's just one thing. Vanderbilt yeah uh, I can't take him anymore. I just I don't think he tries with the athletic ability that he has uh doesn't really affect the game at all. He he seems lost all the time defensively. Um the the highlight of this game was Sexton and we talked about it in pregame if he could just slow down. I felt like he finally did slow down. He he got 17 points. Shot 58% from the field, I believe was his career high. Uh seven for twelve from the field. And then uh one for four from three point land. He also had 12 assists. So that's huge for him. Uh because we've always said, you know, he kinda has blinders on. I, I think that it was a big game for Sexton. And uh it also hurt because THT didn't get as much time as he usually does, which Honestly, my favorite lineup that I wish we would have ended with was would be THT, especially in those crunch time minutes when the, the the crowd starts getting loud. Sexton just gets amped up. He played a great game, but you know, even towards the end, you can tell he just doesn't have the offense under control. That's when I would like to see THT come in with Clarkson and Beasley at the wing, um, and I, I just I'm off the Olynyk train too. <laughs> I'm just off the Atlantic train. Like the, he, he just doesn't look under control when he's on offense, unless he has a wide-open three. He had that sidestep three that he tried to shoot at the end. Um, even last game, he had that one where he, he pivoted and almost looked like he was going to fell over, looked like a possible travel, and somehow got it up and in. Um, Malik Beasley had a decent game with 29 uh actually led the Jazz with 29, shot 50% from the field and 53% from the three. So uh I really think Malik Beasley is becoming a key player, obviously. I would have liked to see Taylen Horton Tucker end it there or get get more than twelve minutes at least. Um and and the time that uh Kessler was in, I just think he he gets more rebounds and clogs the middle up. And uh, is better better for the lineup than Olenek. Um So I would have liked to see Olenek. Sorry, Markkinen, Kessler, Beasley, Clarkson, Tht, and the game. Um, before I turn it over to you guys, you guys can go ahead and request to speak, and and I'll get to you. Uh, Simone Fantecchio, I finally came up with a good comparable, and because every time he he gets it, he just looks like he's going to shoot it. And he reminds me of Kyle Korver, but he reminds me of a a more athletic and better dribbler or uh, like catch and dribble. Um, like he he can he can score in more different ways than Kyle Korver can. I believe. Um, I really just don't think he's he's found his groove. <laughs> Maybe because I watched him in Euro League and he literally it, it was like how we feel about Malik Beasley right now. It just every time it left his hand, you thought it was going in, and he shoots that way. And I don't think he should stop shooting that way, um, because once it once it starts falling for him, uh, he's going to catch fire. I mean, he shot sixty six percent from the three tonight, forty percent from the field. Um, he just is kind of like Sexton, where the game needs to slow down a little bit for him instead of immediately immediately looking to shoot. Maybe um, survey the floor and look at his options. Because everybody knows that he's going to shoot. And the announcers are talking, you know, turnovers. We, ri- we, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we had 15, which is what we average, but it's, it's the time at, of the turnovers and when they come. Uh, they're very costly. And so they all, the, oh, here's, here's Coach Hardy. So I'm going to turn it over to him and, and shut up. You guys request while Coach Hardy's talking. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear him. In
1: the second half, um, I thought we played some pretty good basketball in the second half, except for some timely turnovers. Um, I just said quarter. that. Um, you know, as a team, we've gotten to this point by playing with a chip on our shoulder, and I do not think that we had that chip in the first half. What's the trick to closing quarters? Well, is that execution or because Detroit continued to close pretty well, it seemed like, in each quarter? Yeah, we had costly turnovers, um, some poor defense at the end of quarters, getting rejected in pick and roll. Um, You know, we we have to just stick with the game plan on both ends of the floor. Um, Closing those quarters that way can be deflating. Um, But the NBA is a game of runs, and it always will be. But I think that the game was lost in the first half with – Our lack of energy, um, our lack of desire as a group, um, I got to do a better job of getting us ready to go.
2: How do you feel so far that, I mean, more specifically tonight, how guys are doing
3: on screens, like whether or not they're moving through them well or getting around
0: them well?
1: Very poor. I think we're doing a very poor job in pick and roll defense. Um, I've got to do a better job of teaching that. we are laying on screens. Our pickup points are bad. Um, We're not physical with the ball handler. I thought late in the fourth quarter, Colin had some really good possessions of it. Um,
3: But again, we know what we need to do as a team, and we
1: know what good basketball looks like for our team on both ends of the floor. We cannot let that chip on our shoulder go away because if you play any half in the NBA from down 12, you have to play almost perfect to win. Um, so credit to the Pistons. They were ready to play.
0: You look at, I guess in the NBA, you obviously have to give something up, and they scored inside and mid-range and from three tonight. What what ideally do you want to give up as a defense, and, and kind of where do you think you,
1: you fell short on that end? Yeah, I think, you know, we forced them into some mid-range shots that they made a lot of. That's been a thing that's happened a lot this year. I think we're the 28th best defense defending the mid-range this year, Um, but that's a shot that we're looking to give up. I thought a lot of their interior baskets were off of second chance points. Um, We didn't do a good job of collecting the rebounds and in transition, I think in the half court, for the most part, the shots they took going towards the basket were contested uh, pretty well, but we have to do a better job on the second shot. You know, we've done a good job all year of limiting threes. You know, they only took 24 of them tonight. Credit to them, they made 12. which can happen. There's always gonna be some variance at the three-point line. But um, again, I think that they just, they got very, very comfortable because of our lack of physicality. And that let them feel good about all those shots they were shooting, uh, whether the shots were trying to give up or not. Transition defense and opponents, offensive rebounding have kind of become consistent things in this last stretch. How do you go about, like, I guess, Kind of driving that home and fixing those particular issues? Yeah, it's something we, we continue to address um, as, a, as a team, and it takes a collective effort. Those things are not pretty. Those things are hard to do, um, but they really take attention because the way the league is going now, the way a lot of teams are playing much smaller and faster, If you shoot the ball and you just stare, by the time they've gotten the rebound, if you haven't moved either towards the rebound or to get back, it's too late. Um, You can't play defense even with your man. You have to get back and get in front of the ball. Um, And then the rebounding is just going to continue to be a a collective effort from everybody. We can't rely on one person to rebound for us. Um, We're having guys contest shots at the rim, and nobody is coming to clean up the rebound on the weak side by being physical with the roller. So, you know, this is stuff that we're continuing to work on. And, you know, I expect to see improvement soon. Walker gets called for a lot of fouls,
2: setting screens offensively. Is that technique on his part or is that timing in the ball handler or what is the consistent issue with their one?
1: It's a little bit of everything. Um, You don't get much benefit of the doubt when you're a rookie too. He has to be pretty perfect. But I think he needs to do a better job of stopping short um, to give the guy some space. You know, that being said, uh, walkers moving screens don't concern me in the slightest. I think setting screens is very important, and sometimes, you know, it's just unfortunate, the timing of those plays, but it's a little bit like holding in the NFL. It happens a lot. Sometimes it's called and sometimes it's not. It's just part of the game.
3: What was the explanation that you were given for the elbow to the line not being reviewed?
1: No one saw it, and so there was no foul called, and you can't just review a play that there's no whistle blown. I'm gonna stop there.
0: Uh, I was surprised to see you put in Doak and Kessler at the same time for a minute in the first one. I'm just curious what the the thought was there.
1: Yeah, I think um, had the game been going a little bit differently in that moment, we would have liked to do it a little bit longer. Um, we wanted to try to give our second unit something as an advantage and we thought that you know those two guys as screen setters for JC and and B's would be good and hopefully they'd be able to get on the glass um, on both ends Um, seeing as how we've struggled rebounding the ball it was just something we thought would give us a little bit of a different look and uh, something we've worked on in practice and have liked so, stay tuned. It may <laughs> happen again. <laughs> you were speaking pregame about, you
2: know, talking to Colin about it, just keep playing and how the decision-making, you know, needs to and will get better. He uh, went up with a career high, 12 assists. And I, how did you feel
1: about his performance in that area tonight? I thought offensively he was very good. Um, I think he picked his spots to shoot very well. I think he went into the game with the mindset of let's just get the best shot we can for our team on every possession and you know his stat line reflects that he moved the ball to his teammates very well tonight and um, you know it's 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 really great to see progress like that um, I know that, that he'll feel good about that because it's something that he's been working really really hard on with our coaches um, he's been working on a lot of reads at a pick and roll and when he's driving out of isolation so um yeah, he did a very good job of that tonight.
3: We are joined by Big T Thorough Bailey calling the game tonight with uh, Craig Bowler-Jack. And, uh, T, I want to ask you about something the coach said. He was talking about the team, the way they're playing. they got to keep playing with a chip on their shoulder. And it...
0: All right. I'm uh, turning the time over to you guys. Uh, Tevin, you're the only one that's requested to speak, so why don't you go ahead?
2: Woof. What a game. Woof. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. What a game! I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a good game, all the way up, in my opinion. I mean, minus the turnovers. I think for me, the turnovers were probably those, those were rough. Um, between, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know how to describe this, like, just not, it didn't seem like they were. Some of the chemistry wasn't totally there, I and mean, the turnovers were. Oh, yeah, it was just bad. I don't know how else to describe it. It was, it was just terrible. And then, of course, with uh, poor Lori getting an absolute hit to the face, and uh, yeah, I don't. In those situations, no matter who, what teams are playing, I don't care if it's the Jazz, I don't care if t- the Raptors, the Warriors, whoever it is, like. I almost I, I think I might it might be safe to say if that's LeBron or Steph or Giannis or any other big name, if that if they're on the floor like that, they're probably uh, uh, calling a foul or they're probably looking at it going, Why are they holding their face? And yet we don't get anything. It just that stuff like that. I I think I saw somewhere where uh I think one of our Twitter ladies was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's have more accountability for the referees." And I totally agree. I think there needs to be suspensions or fines or something for refs who who mess up. Because obviously, the players and even the staff sometimes, if if they slip up, um, they get fined and uh, ban- not necessarily banned. But like uh, they don't get to play games sometimes if they do something really bad, so I think the same should happen to the refs uh, for sure. So, um, and I'm not usually one who blames refs unless that they're blatantly obvious
3: that they should or should not have called something. But go back and watch that. Go back and watch that play with Martin's jump ball with that guy Duran, and the bottom left hand corner. There's a ref looking right at. Markkinen Yup, during. <laughs> There's no way that he didn't see it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and and he's, I mean, Laurie's tipping it. Like, yes, the, the refs then start to look at the ball because it's going out the other way. But, like, it's not necessarily like the guy winds, like, full-on winds up, per se. But, like, that's not a basketball move to elbow the guy who's... Who you're battling to get a jump ball from? I don't care who. Like I can understand getting physical in a game and and bumping bodies, but that's not a basketball play, bro. Come on, no, you can't. You uh, yeah, not even uh, that. Yeah, that. What, what were you saying earlier, bro? Of how uh, your blood was boiling? I'm my blood's boiling just thinking.
0: Oh, yeah, like, I think that Coach Hardy I, is experiencing. I, 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 I hate way over physical plays like that. Yeah. I I mean, it was obvious that he, I mean, because right before that, it was called a jump ball, and nearly the entire Jazz team went over trying to rip it out of Duren's hands, and you could tell he was kind of laughing about it. And so, like, as as the ref, you know what just happened before that play, and then he blatantly elbows Markkanen in the face, and it's like, that's why Coach Hardy, I think, just said, I'll, I'll stop there because he knows that they saw it too. And I think Coach Hardy and this Jazz team is experiencing a little bit of what Quinn Snyder experienced when Quinn and, and the front office came out, uh, you know, saying that the Jazz weren't getting calls like most of the NBA um, or certain calls weren't being called fairly. And I think that's what's happening right now. It definitely. F- I I hate blaming the refs as well, but it just feels like that the last few games. Like, there's calls on the other side that are not being called on our side. And uh, maybe it's come to that point with Mike Conley out. The NBA just says, well, we have a reason now for the Jazz to start losing. Uh, so, you know, favor the other team. Um, if you guys have ever watched that, uh, it's the ESPN special on the refs fixing games. Um, you should go watch it. It's it's really really crazy. It,
2: it, it's it's a documentary thing now on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it, it, I can't remember what the title of it is, but yeah, I watched it and it is so good. It's so crazy how they tried to like essentially find the loophole and and not didn't get caught for so long. So crazy, and you know what the crazy part, which. To the credit of the three guys, obviously one of them being the that head ref. I can't even remember his name now. Like Tim Donaghy. Thank you. Yeah. Like I, like if I'm them, I'm almost kind of pissed because obviously after the the everything kind of died down for a minute, it was I think if they said it was like six months or a year later or something like that that the NBA officially like not necessarily signs a company to be the official sports betting thing but like or becomes a partner that's what i'm talking about trying to think of is becomes a partner with the nba and i'm like really i'm sure those guys are probably pissed going really we get all the lawsuits and everything and then you're gonna go do that like i bet they were so pissed
0: yeah and there's one that stands out to me that you know the refs are like yeah uh we knew we knew what rest didn't like certain players and certain coaches but one night we wanted to call Kerry on Allen Iverson and make it hell for him and we did and Allen Iverson came over to us and said hey how long is this going to go on yeah. like because what are you talking about and AI was like "Yeah, you know and, yeah. and they and, and both
2: Iverson and him looked at each other and kind of like smiled and Iverson knew he was like all right Okay,
3: whatever, man.
0: So, it's hard watching that so because, because now you you like can't help but think that it still goes on um with them wanting certain to push certain narratives. Obviously, the players still have to hit shots and, you know, they can still play defense and affect the game, but <clears throat> let's dive back into the game because the Jazz just it, man, they don't have defense and they don't rebound. The second you, chance you, points. You weren't
2: wrong about Vando. He, oh my gosh, that.
0: <sighs> does he just aggravate you now?
2: Um. Well, so he wasn't the only one. It was uh. Who's the other one? Um. Freak. Uh. Well.
0: Azabuki. He got one minute. Well. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> no, but C- Coach Hardy had a comment like, you know, if a shot goes up and you don't move, you're already late and i felt like that was a direct shot at vanderbilt because that is exactly <laughs> what he does if wrong. if something happens on the floor and you don't move you're already late and and there's times where and then he said if you you know if you're even with your defender or your uh the guy that you're defending running up the court you're you're already behind cuz you need to be in front of him and that's vanderbilt to a t man he's always right next to the guy that he's supposed to be guarding instead of between him and the basket. And
2: it was it was and I was thinking of that was doing similar things. Like he he would try and drive, get cut off, pass it out and like go to do a pick and like just not even do a pick and then just go stand in the corner. And I'm like you you can do more moving than that you can set an actual screen if your run is cut off and you have to pass it off like you can do more than that you can play better defense like it's not you you would think it's not that hard
0: yeah you would would think (laughs) you would think if you're a professional basketball player and it's i think it's starting to show especially without mike um playing that like we haven't really installed a system. It's become apparent uh, teams know how to affect us. Obviously, they were keying on Lowry, but like you, you got to be able to set a screen and pick and roll and and be tough enough to get the ball off your Lowry. I, I know he got 13 shots, but the way that he played, he he didn't really ever demand the ball. And like if they fronted him, he didn't. It's like push the guy high and and let your guy throw it over the top um it oh man it's just like this is stuff you learn in high school basketball like i don't I, I don't get it i don't get how the nba players don't know how to just slow down and see that
3: yeah without mike on the floor it i get so nervous when they try to do the uh, interior passing to lorry marketing like anybody that tries to well they just
0: marketing. lob it in there they just lob it in like what
3: everybody steals it every time they do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and,
2: what, and what's worse, the cherry on top of the whole mess is it's choreographed. And you're like, okay, well that's going to get picked off. You might as well run back on defense now.
0: <laughs> yeah. The entire team, the entire stadium knows where you're throwing the ball. Um, so let's move to some good news because uh, Dallin did tweet this. Malik Beasley had a double double. Uh, with 29 points, 11 rebounds, and Sexton also had a double-double with 17 points and 12 rebounds. So um, I think we kind of knew, you know, we, we know who Beasley is now and we know how important he is to this team. It was great to see Sexton really do something different than we've seen. I think that was the first time we've really seen him transform his game um, especially with the 12 assists. There was times where he drove really hard. I believe there was one where he drove really hard, dished it to Olenek, and Olenek dunked it. Um,
2: yeah, that was the diamond play of the game. That was beautiful. Like, more of this, please. Can we just uh, wash and repeat that all night?
0: Yeah, and it, it's great to see because now you know that he can do it. Like, I think before tonight, we all thought, I don't know. I don't know if Colin Sexton can see his other teammates. I don't know if he's just so focused on scoring that he can average five assists. And tonight he averages 12. So that's huge. I um, I
3: key that for, for Colin Sexton tonight, I think. Uh, one turnover.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, Clarkson seemed to struggle, especially the, f- the first half. And, and he ripped his headband off. Um, right before halftime, which he he looked uncharacteristic of dribbling off his foot and, and just not as smooth as he usually is. I kind of wonder if Jordan Clarkson's feeling the pressure of being one of the main scorers now. That's because what I
2: was wondering these last couple of games as well. I, I'm wondering if if that pressure, because I, I, I don't know about you guys, I still remember, I think that after the first couple of games of him starting, I remember... Um, i can't remember how far it was into the last season um or, uh, yeah of last season when Shaq w- during one of the uh national televised games that Shaq t- uh, had Jordan Clarkson on and he goes well i think you should be a starter but you know that's just me and like in the back of my head i'm like eh, i mean he probably could start fairly regularly but uh, he he's off. He's an off the bench star that you worry about. He's not necessarily a starter, which obviously now that with, with all with Don and, and everybody gone, we're like, okay, well, obviously Jordan's going to start. Um, but I agree. I
0: yeah, I think I think he's I think he can be a starter, but I think him coming off the bench, there's part of that pressure that he doesn't feel coming off the bench. But also with Mike Conley out, he's handling the ball a lot more and having to run the point guard at times. And I don't think that he likes running point guard as much. I think he likes moving without the ball and catching and and being able to shoot. I think that's when he's really the best is when he's just moving almost like Steph Curry without the ball, catch, shoot, quick release. But it just, it felt... no, I'll
3: be one hundred percent honest. I was not in love with the Jordan Clarkson trade when or signing whenever we whenever we got him. Um, but it was a trade. It was Dante Axum, That's right.
0: Yeah that um, that was the, probably uh, the yeah. trade of uh, all time jazz history.
3: He was better than Dante Axum, Yes. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> um but I, I don't know if his game is kind of like Colin Sexton's, but he's a better three point shooter. Just because, like, when he first before he got to the Jazz, I thought that's who he was. Like, put his head down, went to the basket, and if he wasn't doing that, then he was shooting threes.
0: Yeah, I think and, he's
3: and his whole time in LA. That's what I thought too.
0: I think so. he's. I mean, I think he's improved so much from his past teams um, because he used to be so streaky. I think he's a pretty reliable shooter. He shot fifty percent tonight from the field, thirty seven percent from three. But I just. Even last year, like Jordan has always been this calm, cool, and collected, like nothing really affects him. And as of late, it seems like stuff is getting under his skin, whether that be the the young guys on the team not knowing what to do or how to run the offense or just the pressure of him feeling like he he needs to be the veteran. But I think he's a third or fourth scoring option, and – can be a guy like uh, Jamal Crawford, you know, that gets hot and really makes a difference in the game. So um, I think we're missing Mike more than we actually thought. But I, I I also wish tonight we would have saw would have seen more of Taylen Horton Tucker. He only got twelve minutes, and I feel like after having such a good game, obviously he struggled at moments. But you got you've got to give you've got to let players work through those. You can't just pull them and not play them. Um, I think that hurts their confidence.
2: I totally agree. I think even though obviously THT's no <clears throat> excuse me, no Mike Conley, but I feel like he is probably the next best option when it comes to settling down, setting a play, um, kinda handling those point guard duties and even relieving Jordan Jordan Clarkson of that. <laughs> um, as well as even letting Jordan Clarkson handle the ball and then THT can then do catch and shoots or along with like Malik Beasley or whatever. But I feel like THT would have been a good role filler since Mike's out. I totally agree. With yeah,
0: that. for sure. And, and to your point, like
3: THT did struggle in the first half of the LA game, like the
0: Clippers game. Yeah. And then, so he did but he pulled it. Eye I eye mean, he pulled it and together then, and, and right. I just think yeah. he could have been useful down the stretch tonight. Um, I want to welcome some of our new listeners. R2 Nyman, at R2Nyman, if you want to request a speak, we would love to hear what you have to say. Mama at me, me, mama, underscore 12 That's uh, pretty cool because my kids call my mom Mima. Uh, I don't know if that's any tra- uh, like correlation to yours. We've got D Woody at SuperDave34. Welcome. And Ryan Wilkie at RWMT. You guys want to speak? We would love to hear your comments. Uh so the Jazz are going to play at Golden State at Phoenix. Oh man. Friday at Golden State. Oh. Oh, is someone really? Oh, that's that's on the soundboard. Uh, yeah, that always soundboard. That always trips me know. out like someone went to the bathroom and I'm like, "Dude, did you, did you guys not mute yourself? <laughs> Come on." So we've got two two pretty tough games uh, uh that that first half felt like one of the worst halves that we've seen this year. Can if uh, I tweeted out it feels like the wheels are falling off. Are the wheels falling off at this point? Are we becoming who everyone thought we were
2: i think we'll know if the wheels truly are falling off after these next four to five games um i'm watching the clipper warrior game right now the warriors are up right now um 96 to 82 with less than a minute left in the third and the warriors are looking amazing um the Warriors yeah. got smacked by the Pelicans. Uh, by oh, yeah, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, they did.
2: Really did. Goodness. Um, but yeah, no. I think these next, this next little road trip will definitely let us know if we just the Jazz definitely got off to a hot start and whatnot, and if this team really now is done for, <laughs> essentially, and if we should go all tank mode or. If it's just a, a lull and they'll get back to their hot stuff self like they were in the first few, you know, 10, 15 games.
0: So I want to I wanna hit on the point when uh, Azubuki and Kessler were on at the same time. Whoa, what was your guys' thoughts? And they, I, I think they dropped into a zone defense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Azabuki doesn't play, and then it's like, okay, I guess you know you could give Kessler a breather, but then you see Kessler on the floor with him as well. It's like, oh, 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 no! That,
2: that that's to me that was it reminded me of the do- of a uh, I was like. What, what's the comp to this and i'm like it's the dollar store version of the wasatch front we had w- with uh favors and gobert this is the dollar store version of that
0: uh, it, the, it's not It's not even the walmart version. It's, it's the sure 50 cent version walmart, well, the walmart is a is
2: a little better than the dollar store this is a dollar store version of that
0: yeah <laughs> it, it was scary luckily it only lasted one minute i think maybe one or two possessions uh, and then coach, well, that, I think... well,
2: that's how long you're in the dollar store is just for a minute. Just Cause we you know exactly what you need. And you're like, Oh, that's at the dollar store. Let me go grab that. <laughs> exactly.
0: Real quick. Well, uh, on the other side, you got two former jazzmen that really take it to the jazz and Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burke. Um, I'm surprised Alec Burke is still in the league just because, I mean, I think he's a great player and athletic and hustles, but he's just been tossed around so much that, it's it's impressive for a guy to still have that motivation to um compete and be in the league after so many teams have given up on you. And he's
2: like thirty-four or something like that at this point.
0: Dude, I I don't know. Someone Google how old Alec Burks is. That would be Cause, that's cause a great question. Like he he's he's in the
2: probably couple dozen. 31. He's thirty one. but yeah, I think he's at the point in his career now where he's I wanna probably say a couple dozen um umbrella of players who are a little older obviously now trying to not necessarily ring chase but like look for the best opportunity obviously um or just make the best of what they have and teams just look for those energy play players who can hopefully bring energy extremely streaky shooters and can hopefully just kind of help their team and Slash breaking case of an emergency type of thing, and I—I I I feel, I I feel
3: like he's in that camp. Alec Burks uh, led the Pistons plus minus.
0: Sorry. Yeah, and he hit four, <laughs> he hit four three pointers against us. Shot sixty six percent, and honestly, down the stretch when they kept kicking it to him, I was like, oh, he's gonna miss one of these, and he didn't. And uh, I read a, a quote from the coach from the Detroit Pistons. And I guess uh, before they won two in a row last night in Denver and here in Utah, they weren't really playing Alec Burks. Uh, They were trying to develop these younger kids, and the coach said, you know, it it just gets to a point where you want to win a game. And so um, it's interesting that he could be a key piece on why they're on a two-game winning streak, because I felt like he played an important role for the Pistons tonight. Uh, scoring 18, uh, three rebounds. I mean, he, he is just a hustled player that brings energy um, to your, to your squad games. and off your bench. That's what he's played so far this season, yeah. six games. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's crazy. But he
3: is their uh, leading scorer on the bench. I mean, not surprising, I guess, but if playing only six games. But maybe uh, Dwayne Casey um, played him because he played college ball in Colorado and played in Utah. So.
0: And the other point that I want to hit on is um, how bad was the Boyan Bogdanovich, and Olinic trade? Because I miss Bojan. It,
2: it, it, that was the one miss that Danny Ainge made this, this off. So,
3: so my crime, the one miss, my only devil's advocate to, to that is who's playing. I mean, I know.
0: But it was the contracts, him. right? Didn't we get a lot of cash back?
3: No, but who's playing center, yeah. though?
0: Oh, yeah, but oh my gosh! I, I, I.
3: Walker, freaking
2: Kessler,
0: yes, dude. He had, I, dude.
2: I, I agree. I agree. But I'm it, just saying. It, but going into the season, it bells, I knew it that bells out before halftime. So be it. Let the man develop. That's what we got, dope dude. For.
0: The thing is, is that I, I long don't long even, long. I don't even think Walker Kessler needs to develop. He is developed. He he had five blocks in the first half. Like the dude's developed, you just gotta you gotta play him.
3: One at, at within eight minutes, I'm like, bro, what is this? What it would be nice to it? have a Boyan and Laurie on the team. That would be
0: yeah. Nice. To, 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 you could you could run Boyan at the three, Laurie at the four, Kessler at the five. I mean, Boyan's such a prolific scorer, and he's able to score against bigger bodies too because he has such great footwork and is patient. Um, I I may miss him more than any other jazz man. Uh, just be 100%. Yeah. Cause he's just, he's just a team player. Like,
2: and, and honestly, I feel bad for bogey. Cause I'm like, Oh, I fully expect him to go to like Milwaukee or to LA or to like somewhere where somebody, the, the, they have a big piece or two big pieces and they need bullion as that last needle mover to be like, all right, we're all in. Um, let's go! Let's go chase a rake, and then he goes to Detroit. And I'm like, and re We're it. like, really? Yeah. Cade, Cade Cunningham, <laughs> really? Like that's. And then, and then Detroit comes out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're we're gonna try, we're gonna try and go for it right now." And I'm like, "Y'all have Cade Cunningham, and now Bogey. Good luck getting past the first round."
0: Yeah, I feel like Bogey's an underrated offensive player. Uh, he's not that great on defense but honestly he, he i think he's better team. than olenic on defense on our team. huh he got better on defense with us yeah the, 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 uh, almost every
2: time we played la he he went right right at lebron and there were i think uh, um, until lebron was like okay and he switched to, he got his switch turned on then bogey couldn't really guard him necessarily but when lebron didn't want to turn it on bogey Bogey was handling it, man. Like yeah. he between him, koi Leonard, Giannis a couple of times, like he handled it. Which I don't know about you guys, but when Bogey came in and I researched Bogey, when we when we signed him, I was like, Oh cool, we're getting a three point shooter, like, all right, whatever, you know, it's a six six eight, six nine shooter, sweet. And then we see him doing his little mid range and his footwork and post. I was like, Oh shoot. Wow, In, he's quite Indiana's a,
3: he's a bigger physical guy start. than I thought he was going to be. This is pretty cool.
0: What were you saying, Dallin? Oh,
3: I just said Indiana did use him as—he was known as the LeBron stopper. <laughs> In Indiana. No, I'm serious.
0: I know that's funny. <laughs> I read
3: some of their comments after the trade, they're like, "Yeah, we lost our LeBron stopper." So I wow. guess he did guard LeBron pretty well. So.
0: Well, the Jazz. This is how tight the Western Conference is right now. After this second loss. In a row, the Jazz dropped from the first-place seed to the fifth-place seed. And uh, ahead of us now is the LA Clippers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Denver Nuggets, and the Phoenix Suns. And right behind us, a half a game behind us, are the Sacramento Kings, who are on fire right now. Luckily, they lost, I believe, tonight, but they... They did just go on like a six-game, seven game Shout winning streak. Out to them. Light the beam. Light the beam dude, the jazz need a beam. How? S- that would be so cool, but maybe they should get like seven seven or eight beams, not just one. Like, make sure one goes all the way down south, all the way up north, east, west, and then shoot two other random ones somewhere else. <laughs> um so like if if we're really gonna tank uh if we want to not make the playoffs, it's it's not I mean we could we could literally do it still, but uh it's weird that every time we lose I feel like we start questioning if we should start tanking again. I don't think they're purposely going to try and tank, but maybe the the league will want us to to tank and not be in the playoffs. So we are only let's see a game and a half out of the playoffs that would put us Uh,
2: i was was gonna say i think uh there was a game or two ago where um they had a stat where players who or not players teams who win it was either like 18 19 or 20 games or whatever um like are some of the first to get it have like a 90 something percent chance of making the playoffs and so i like my heartstrings were were pulled at that point Uh i'm like Should we start really losing games now because we're right on the verge and go full tank, or should we say screw it, let's just make the playoffs and give experience to the guys? Like, I
0: I mean, if if it's losses like this, like, I guess if we compete a little bit and don't just totally lay down and we get to see certain players develop, like Sexton tonight or THT, I could probably live with it. And diving into the draft a little bit more, like Anthony Black. Dude, a 6'8 point guard, uh, he might be nice to have. Um, the other guy that's supposed to go number three, uh, I can't remember. I think Colin... Brent, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so once you start looking at these guys, it's like, okay. Okay, like, yeah, maybe maybe we could tank.
2: Did you just say a 6'8 point guard?
0: Dude, go look at go Anthony back? Black.
2: Wow. So you're, so you're yeah. talking Luka
3: Doncic.
0: Yeah, but... Yeah, but he's dude he's smooth.
3: <laughs> and so he has a flow, bro. He has a nice some nice hair.
0: And uh, and uh what's his name? Tony Jones has been tweeting out like that 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 he thinks that's the Jazz's most realistic pick, which I've seen whoa, him go as high what's as whoa. What's his name again? Anthony Black. He plays for Anthony Arizona, Black. and his teammate is I can't remember his teammate's name. His teammate's projected to go like 3 or 4. So He's he's technically the second-best player. Um, Ariz- I'll have
2: to look him up, then.
0: Yeah, Arizona, uh, the Razorbacks, or not Arizona, Arkansas Razorbacks. They're playing in the Maui Invitational. I think I think I recorded the game because I wanted to watch him. But, dude, he's 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 smooth. We, we,
2: we, all you had to say was he's from Ar- Arkansas. That's where I went on my mission. We have to get him. Yeah.
0: Like, we, we have Done.
2: To heck with
3: Victor Wimbenyama, man! Like, let's just go straight in for this. this well, entire. the thing about that is, is if he's playing college ball in Arkansas, I mean, Utah's bigger, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of like it here, better. Like, wow, I'm oh, in shit. a big market.
2: <laughs> Shoot, anywhere he goes is a big market compared to Arkansas, man. Trust me.
0: Well, so when's our next game, guys? Friday, we get Thanksgiving off. We get to eat turkey, Friday, sleep
2: back to back. Friday, Saturday, and then Monday.
0: Is anybody? Uh, what What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Like, uh, are you you traegering a turkey or doing anything special with the food? If
2: anybody is, I'm coming over because. The only plans we got were having waffles with my parents in the morning, Uh, and that's
3: it.
0: All right. It's really sad. Well, uh, I'm brining my turkey right now in the garage. It's in a big pot, brining in salt, brown sugar, uh, garlic, and some other seasonings. And I'm going to Traeger mine. I think we Traegered one last year, but we didn't brine it, so I hear that's the trick. So I'm actually pretty excited. We've got friends that came up from Cedar city. Like I said, one of them's a Detroit fan. So he was watching the game with me all night with his Detroit Pistons hat on. He, he, he really isn't a basketball fan. He's more of a, uh, like, uh, the lions, the tight. Yeah. The lions and the Detroit tigers. Um, so he, I mean, I was like, man, I'm depressed now. And he goes, <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess you don't have to be depressed. You have the winning hat on, but, um, yeah, so we're going to have a good time with Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully I just get to sleep and recover. I still feel a little bit congested, and I hope that you guys all have a happy Thanksgiving, and who knows what's going to happen with this Jazz team. Who freaking knows, but we're all addicts, and we can't get enough of it, and we come back to talk about it every single game, and it's you should too.
2: relationship ever, but it's so good.
0: It's the worst, but it's the best. And, uh, yeah, if you're listening, you should always come back uh, on I Twitter. Like an girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, they they build you up and then they just tear you down. That's for sure. So uh, come back anytime. We do this after every game. Before most games, we also do uh, pregame. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, wherever you do your social media stuff. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time.